Welcome to our podcast, Gamby Lessons in Leadership. I'm your host, Mike Dimmick. We've had an opportunity to talk with a pair of leaders in the past month, and today it's the man at the top, Vice President Nigel Lewis, who I presume is in some stage of sleepiness. Well, it's, uh, let me think, it's seven o'clock in the morning, so that is around about 2 p.m. in Europe, so I'm, I'm doing fine. This has nothing to do with what we we're gonna talk about, but in, in the course of a month, how many times would you say you change at least, say, five time zones? Oh, um, this year, I would be doing that about three, or three times a month on average. I was just telling you that uh, since the beginning of the year, I've had five weeks in Geneva, so I don't, I don't know that I can say I live in Geneva anymore when I'm there <laughs> one, one month out of six, but uh, yeah, three or, three or four times, so it, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, take a toll on you at some point, or you just get used to it. Yeah, you really have to manage your energy. You know, that's one thing that um, that I think I've learned all the way through um, my career is managing your energy is really managing your effectiveness and on the job. And so, what I try to do is, um, you know, I've talked about this before, but meditation. I actually make sure that if I uh, need to, I take sleeping pills because it helps me sleep and sleep is really important to me. Um, so, you know, it's just something you have to manage really carefully. But uh, yeah, no, this morning, I'm good. You're good. <laughs> you got the coffee and we're ready to go. I got my coffee and I'm ready to go. And we can talk business. Absolutely. Let's begin with the recent launch of the e-commerce platform for parts. Can you put into perspective just how significant this is? So we, we have our dealers engaged in e-commerce and we've got a significant volume of parts going through e-business today with our dealers or on an in integrated procurement, ERP to ERP with our customers. So in some respects, um, this is a natural evolution of what we've done, but in a lot of others, it's a huge moment for us because building e-commerce platform is one thing but actually all of the work that goes into fulfilling the order whenever a customer decides to buy or presses that button to click on the purchase is significant. We've had 200 people coming together from all parts of the company, whether it's legal, logistics, um, whether it's the, uh, the marketing teams, um, our team throughout Gamby, 200 people working just to pull this together. So a mammoth effort in that part just to pull it together. But, you know, it's huge when you have to think, you know, normally we don't ship one washer if someone orders it. But if someone orders one washer on the Internet, you got to be able to ship that. Uh, you've got to start to learn how to do a whole bunch of things that we don't normally do, whether that's, you know, going into Google and really optimizing the use of Google to attract customers to the website. So there's just a huge amount of things that we've had to go through as a group to learn what to do, to recruit people, to actually be ready to serve customers directly. And I think um, it's, uh, it's a really significant moment for us. It's a really huge moment for us to be transacting directly with the customers without what I used to call the dealer protection. So it forces us to be really sharp on our processes and to really ensure that we give the customers the experience that they expect when they buy Caterpillar because it's a huge brand and it, it creates huge expectations. So where do the dealers fit in at this point? You know, that's a really good question because I think um, when we started this project, a lot of, a lot of internal people 
Um, and a lot of dealer folks really believe this is an either or. You know, this is the thin edge of the wedge and it's Caterpillar going direct and we're not needed anymore. And I think that's a really, um, I really, it's a flawed assumption. It's a flawed hypothesis because if you really look at, Caterpillar is um, strong with our dealers. We're, a lot of our customer loyalty is derived because of our dealers and the relationships and the capabilities that our dealers have in the field. You know, they have as many assets employed, they have as many people employed uh, as they go and serve our customers every day as we do. And so it's really a relationship that, that we've got to build on. And if we look at how we compete against Amazon, if it's Caterpillar against Amazon, you know, I think we've got a lot going in our favor because of our domain expertise and, and what we have in terms of our knowledge of our machines, our power systems, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we, we can always compete on that very, very well with the expertise and what our customers are looking for. But if you look at the sheer capability of Amazon in the area of logistics and efficiencies that they can drive, they're, they're a very worthy adversary and capable yeah. well, competitor. That's part of their DNA. That's right? part of what they do, right? And so if we're going to compete against them, we really need to be employing a lot of our dealer capability as well. And so this e-commerce website is not about Caterpillar going direct. It's about giving a customer experience that's really slick in terms of I want something and I can get it, I can find it, I understand the price for it, and I can check out in less than a couple of minutes and maybe four clicks. And if I want it delivered today or tomorrow, I can do that too. And I can go and pick it up. We can't do that as Caterpillar. That can only be done with the deployment of all the capabilities that our dealers have. So as we begin to bolt in our dealer logistics capability and we begin to offer, you want the part, it's available two miles from you, you can go pick it up and it'll be ready for you in, in an hour's time. That's huge. That is absolutely huge. In fact, if you look at what Amazon's trying to do, that's a capability that they're trying to build. They don't have that as prevalent as we might think in, uh, in some of the industries that we're talking about. So as we look at what we're building here, we can do direct ship and that's, that's a great step forward in terms of service. But really building competitive advantage involves building on the, the capabilities that our dealers have and the services they can provide and really ensuring that they can deliver that last mile promise in the types of speed that I just talked about. We do that, we win. And so it's a real Caterpillar, it's a real evolution of what Caterpillar and dealers do best in serving our customers. Now that said, this is still huge sea change for a lot of dealers. Absolutely. So it would seem that would require a sales job on your part. <laughs> and so what are your responsibilities in, in bringing dealers around and cultivating dealers to see what this yeah. really means? No, it's a, that's a great point. I think, first of all, it really, um, you got to select a team that is very, very capable. That's one thing and very, and you've got to have partners that can help you really know what you're doing. And we, we've learned a lot as we've gone through building what this um, e-commerce uh, website or platform is going to be. But we also ensured that that team really understands and is populated with people that really understand the dealer uh, business model as well and the distribution model because it's got to be built in a way that's uh, sympathetic and can actually fulfill what I just described. So that, that's, that's the first part that was a key responsibility for me. 
But I think um, in terms of managing this, it, it really requires, um, first of all, a really good, open, honest dialogue with key dealers. And so as we set out the, um, on this journey, it, it probably, the first time that we put this on the table was the April of last year, April 2017. And we had 12 of the best dealers um, come into Chicago. And we sat down and we actually, we, we, we checked out, we went and searched Amazon for Caterpillar parts. And we went and searched our own website at the time. And we looked at how easy it was on Amazon versus ours. Now, no surprise, because we, we've been talking about that for a period of time. But what was a surprise to everybody was the fact that you could buy Caterpillar parts already on Amazon. And so you could find cat filters, you could find uh, kits, you could find all sorts of things. And, and the reality was that Caterpillar parts were already being sold. And it was not necessarily, you know, it wasn't a pricing issue, it wasn't anything, but it was a convenience play. And so I think once we, we, we had a really valuable discussion around what is the best way forward. And we looked at a whole series of options in terms of how should we move forward? Uh, should we partner with um, a, an e-commerce provider? You know, should, is that, is, should our approach be to go with best horse in town and really partner up and go down that path? Or should we go down the path that I described a moment ago? And, and that was a really great discussion. Um, and it was a moment that brought, I think, reality to both sides that this is happening regardless. So, you know, are we, are we together in our approach and what is the best approach? And that's, that really, um, I guess it cemented the, the way forward. So we, we, actually, we actually had a common understanding of what needed to be done. Then as you go forward from there, it's all about ensuring that you maintain dialogue with the key, um, with, uh, with the key dealers around the world. You, you really, um, you know, we talked about the fact that as we went down this path, this was about partnership, it was about growth, it wasn't about cannibalizing current customers from dealers into this platform, it was about finding customers that, um, that don't do business with us today. It was, um, and so as we went down that path, there's several things that um, you have to really ensure that you, honor is probably not the right word, but the promises or commitments of the partnership you have to respect and, and, and remain committed to. So, you know, financially we had to ensure that um, there was a um, fair and equitable approach for how we compensate dealers for the services they provide within this platform. Um, we had to really ensure that from a partnership perspective, we're, 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 we're really, we know that when a customer is served by a dealer, they, re they are a more loyal customer than, than, uh, than just us. So how do we ensure that we, we try to drive that into the spirit of what we're trying to do within the partnership? And so there's a lot of those types of um, issues that you then have to you know, decide policy on, work with dealers to work through it, et cetera, et cetera. And then after that, it's really using your relationships. Uh, you know, I've, I've had the good fortune of working throughout North America and uh, in, in many continents around the world, but it's, it, it really involves then making phone calls and, and listening and understanding what the concerns are, what the fears are, and dealing with 
perceptions, and some of them are accurate and some of them are not, but, but equally helping to just work through those concerns and, and actually, and, and using the confidence and trust that's been built in me throughout my career in those relationships to help move the project forward. And I had to do that several times. Uh, I interviewed some dealers at that meeting in mm. Chicago, mm -hmm. and they were saying things like, well, I can't put my finger on anything yet to say that we're being disintermediated. We do have to continually reinvent ourselves. We have to come up with some new ways of executing and doing business. Also said, we either go digital mm -hmm. or we go home. <laughs> and another one said, we have to be increasingly focused on developing our own capabilities and making sure that we're focused on the customer. Mm -hmm. So I, I point that out, I guess, just to say that this was a group that, while they may had some reservations, mm. kind of got it. Yeah, uh, know yeah the world. that's fair. Can you give some specific instances where a dealer was notably skeptical mm -hmm. at the outset, but eventually won over? Yes, I've got um, a couple of moments. You know, it's funny because at the end of the day, everybody, it's easy to agree at a meeting like that on the PowerPoints and the and the the logical explanation. But what becomes difficult is the change management then to to own that and everything that it means as you go home to your dealership or home to your your department. And it's it's a confidence um, I think that needs to be built in the partnership as well. And so I, I'll be very honest, I think in the early days last year of the project so in over the summer to September time, October time, I would say dealers were listening, observing, but watching. There was not a, there was, there was one dealer out in California that really engaged with us to help us refine our thinking. But outside of that, a lot of dealers were really just watching. And, and probably, you know, I remember the, um, some of the feedback and some of it was in good spirits and um, in jokes, but, you know, they were watching to make sure that, you know, Caterpillar was going to get it right. And equally, they didn't want to lend their brand or reputation to something that was, had the potential to maybe be a disintermediation, mm -hmm. you know. So there was, there was a lot of um, natural um, caution that um, were we really going to do it the way we described were we going to put the terms and conditions in that were fair? Uh, were we going to do it in a way that was complementing the partnership? And I think dealers were, were naturally skeptical and stood back a little bit. And we had a situation in October last year where we, we brought those same dealers back to the table and all the dealers that said, I get it and we got to do it. And, but not one of them had volunteered <laughs> to actually help us with the uh, the very complicated piece of tying in their logistics capability and warehousing capability and all the processes that you have to um, redesign to you know pick it up now at the dealership capability and uh, so there there's a we presented it and everybody's I get it type of thing again um, you, very good questions around some of the pieces that we decided and I recall having to make a plea on the on the uh, on the call for people to come in and there was complete silence on the phone and then there was one of what I think it was uh, Jeff Whiteman said okay I'm in Nigel I'm in and so he came in and, and his team signed his team up to help with the effort which was great but no one else really really 
was there. So we had another call with a dealer later that evening that um, couldn't make that meeting. And um, we were um, on the call and I we made the whole presentation again, went through it and in the end I, I had to say, listen, we've got one dealer, two dealers that are helping us here. And we really, if, if you trust the message and you trust me in terms of my intent here and commitment to the partnership that we have, this is really something that we need dealer voice in helping us to design it from the outset. We can't do this by ourselves because we'll get it wrong and then it will be a bad experience. It'll reflect poorly on us, but it'll reflect poorly on you and uh, your dealerships. We need great dealers to come in and really help us here. And so that was something, that was something he took away and I'll never forget, his son wrote me an email the next day. He said, much to my, I can't remember the words he used, but basically, against my better judgment, my father agrees that we're going to do this. I hope you know what you're getting into. <laughs> so that was a good example of where it really took, you know, logic for sure, but it really comes down to people, trusting people, and the intent of, and the spirit of the, partnership that we have as Caterpillar and Dealer. And I would say that that was a great moment where we both recognized what the other one needed of us and, and committed to it. And I think... And that must be, that's the time to have those discussions, not absolutely when the, the trains left the station. Absolutely. I know. Absolutely. Because then I've been in those situations before as well, where you're prostrate on the floor, hoping that the dealer can help you clean up the mess that's been created. And We've been through a few of those in our history as well, and, and that's always, you know, and our dealers always step in to help. I think of the quality, you probably remember some of our bad quality 15 years ago and what our dealers did to protect us there which and, and to turn that situation around, frankly. So I've been through that, and I'd much rather get through all the stuff in advance of a launch than do it post. You've obviously gone through the, the nuts and bolts of what it takes to launch with these e-commerce. What, when you come out of this and when you do talk to dealers and when you look ahead, what, what have you come to terms with are the realities of today's world when it comes to e-commerce that dealers are just ultimately also going to have to come to terms with? So I, I think one of the, um, what I've learned along the way here is just the tremendous, um, when you look at what the advanced capabilities are in e-commerce, it's, it's just the convenience that it can drive into your life. It's incredible. And, and then when you take that and you start to understand how to, better serve customers, which you can do by, by really, you know, seeing how customers use your site, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you, I say all of this in the context of we've got to continually remember that we are in a, a brand new world and making sure that we absolutely respect data privacy and all of those things. It's critical that we, we continue to remember that, you know, there's, a, there's absolutely a right way of doing this, but what we can do around customer analytics to really understand what customers want from our website, how efficiently they can get to where they want to go, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, uh, it, it really shines a light that we haven't been able to do on customers that we didn't know before. And, and I think that's one aspect of a shift forward where we have struggled for many years to 
to really understand those customers that don't come to us and serve them in a way that they want to be served. E-commerce gives us the ability to really break through all the clutter and do that. That's why we've done this. You know, these are people that don't want to walk into the dealership, but they're happy to maybe have a part delivered to their home. Um, they don't, you know, they don't have time to do it. You know, they, they do all of their purchases at night when they get home. They're tired, they just want to get it done and, and then get, get on and see the children. E-commerce gives us a way to totally disrupt all of the ways that we've served our customers over many, many years and find a different way to, to do that. And I think that's what is fantastic about e-commerce. It's a very natural way for us to disrupt ourselves and disrupt the, well, we don't do it like that type mentality. And it, it happens kind of insidiously. You don't really know that you're aware. You're just doing it to support the customer. And that, so that, that is huge because you, you really take an old culture and you shake it up quite a bit. Um, but the other piece that's not maybe as clear is it really places a high demand on Caterpillar and our dealers for really quality services. And it's not really complicated stuff. So for example, we're going to have 22,000 parts on this platform. And the thought of putting 22,000 photographs of the parts. If you want a washer, there's the washer. If you want a filter, there's the filter. If you want a belt, there's the belt. It's a very normal expectation. We've only just done that for this website, and yet we've been online for many years without images. Uh, we've got a box. You know, if you want a filter, there's a box. If you want a belt, there's a box. There's, you know, and we've done boxes. And so, so it's really forced us to up our game on the quality of what we're delivering in terms of experience. It then forces us to up our game in terms of the quality of all the, the order fulfillment and the information you provide to the customer about their order, the, the ability to deliver it next day if that's what's being demanded, and the quality of the packaging. If a customer wants to chat online to ask a question just to be absolutely sure that they're getting the right thing, having that service 24 hours a day, um, those are capabilities that we wouldn't naturally have put in place uh, before. And we didn't have even those capabilities in place to support our dealers, which I think is a real mirror, mirror for us to think, how can we really look at our processes that we use to serve our dealers and really up our game? I think that's what e-commerce does really. It, it really strips out a lot of inefficiencies. It strips out a lot of poor quality because if you're putting your best foot forward into the market, you've got to make it sure it's a good one. And so that, that, those are the two things that I would probably draw on that would say it's a massive change for us. What's the role of marketing and brand in the e-commerce rollout? You know, I think that's a really good question because I think um, obviously there is the whole um, expectation setting. So what constitutes a good representation of our brand online? And, and so there's a lot of work done in that area. But then I think um, there's a really significant role for marketing as you think about you know, we're meeting a lot of customers now. I think uh, we, we went online with Google on Tuesday last week. Suddenly there were 1,600 people on the website the next day. Now maybe 50% of them are from Caterpillar, you know, checking it. <laughs> but, you know, so let's say 800 people that we may or may not know. Um, so who are they and what are they looking for? And did this work? Did this not? How could it be better? Is this where they wanted to be or did they want to go somewhere else? 
And if they wanted to go somewhere else, how do you help them? And I think marketing um, and the work that is being done by Victoria and Troy and Amy and then Tiffany and the whole team there, frankly, is really got to help us start to take these people and help us get them to the right dialogue that they want to have and get them to the right places that they want to be. And so I think marketing, and marketing has a huge role uh, in that regard. I think the other piece that we are learning is that having the website or the platform is one thing. Finding customers is another. And so if you look at what great companies are on the internet are doing, it, it's a lot of time and effort spent in actually attracting customers to the platform. You know, the platform is the, is the quick fix, but actually finding customers and giving them a compelling reason to come is, is going to be the real challenge. And so for us, you know, we've spent a lot of money to actually build the website, no question, but we're spending a lot more, investing a lot more in actually attracting our customers. Uh, to this, or potential customers to the website. So those are some of the key roles that I see that um, I'm excited about because it's really, it's really energizing a new generation within Caterpillar of marketeers. I, I haven't seen the energy in marketing that I'm beginning to see here, and I'm excited about it. It's really good. Well, Nigel, as always, it's been insightful. I hope you find your way back home yeah. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. And to our listeners, a reminder to check out gamby.cat.com slash podcast. And you can not only hear this, but also hear other podcasts as well. And be sure to stay tuned for more Gamby Lessons in Leadership podcasts.